Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Shannon. We're friends who love exploring, adventuring, and spending time outside with our families. As a former park ranger, I have a lot of experience recreating in the great outdoors. And as a member of Pennsylvania Mountain Rescue, I have both a love and respect for enjoying the wilderness. From hiking to road trips, from family walks to fishing, we will discuss the best ways to get your entire family to enjoy the outdoors together safely. Join us for some tips, ideas, and some fun as we dive into all things outdoors. This is the Outdoor Family Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Outdoor Family Podcast. I'm Debbie here this week, solo. So firstly, I'd like to thank everyone who's listened thus far. I really, truly appreciate you. Secondly, I'd like to apologize for the short hiatus I took. So it turns out that Shannon will no longer be joining me as co-host, so I plan to push on by myself. But I would like to have another co-host again in the near future. So if you or anyone you know might be interested, send me an email at theoutdoorfamilypodcast at gmail.com. You can also send me an email with questions or comments. I would love to hear from listeners. So today will be the first of another two-part episode, uh, except this time it will be about RV camping. Now this is one of my favorite things to talk about, but I'm going to try not to ramble. If you've listened to previous episodes, you may know that my family and I actually lived in our RV for six months last summer. The plan was to do a three-month road trip, but we all know what it was like during the summer of 2020. So, even though we could have traveled last summer, we decided it was not the best decision for us. But we had sold our house and downsized all of our stuff, so we did still live in our RV in a pandemic, and it was quite the experience. But I'm still here to tell the tale. And I do still have a goal of traveling full-time in an RV in the near future with my family. Now, today in part one, I'll be discussing the basics of RVs, the types of RVs and the sizes, renting versus buying an RV, where you can camp with an RV, and since we discussed tent camping in our last episode, I'll talk a little bit about the differences between RV and tent camping. So, without further ado... Let's start with some RV basics. So first I want to address the term RV. So RV stands for recreational vehicle and people generally visualize one thing when they hear the word RV. I'm using the term and a lot of other people use the term RV generally. So it can mean either a drivable like Cousin Eddie RV or it can mean like a towable trailer. Um, So I use the term RV for either of those uh, scenarios and a lot of people do too. So just know that RV can be used loosely as any type of recreational vehicle basically. So there are two main types of RVs. The motorized RVs which are the ones that you can drive in them. They're all one unit. You drive in them, you sleep in them, you cook in them. And then there's also the towables, which are generally some sort of trailer. 
that you tow behind your vehicle or truck. So first we'll dive into motorized vehicles and there are um, four or five different types of motorized vehicles. So we'll start with the largest, a class A, also sometimes known as a motorhome. These are generally visualized as like those, the classic Winnebago. Um, it has the flat front. It's kind of like a tour bus. And in fact, some people tour on in RVs. Um, and people always visualize, you know, this is the retiree um, RV because they're large. Um, sometimes they can be quite fancy inside. Uh, they cost as much as a house most of the time. So that is the class A motorhome. It's generally the largest, anywhere between, you know, 40, 45 feet long, and it's all drivable in one. I'm just going to go down in alphabetical order because the next size actually is one of the smallest drivable motorized RVs, which is the Class B. So the Class B is a much smaller RV. It's on a van chassis usually, and it's generally, besides like massive, very luxury Class A's, it's generally one of the most expensive um, RVs, and that's because of all the customizations that need to happen in it. So because it's on such a small chassis, these van chassis, they have to build everything um, according to spec of, that, of the, the van that it's on. But um, the turnaround in the price is that these things are very nimble. A lot of class Bs can park in a regular parking spot or, you know, it's very easy to get in and out of gas stations and things like that. Um, so that's the appeal of the Class B. Um, now, we'll skip to a similar thing, which are vans and van lifers. So some van lifers do live in Class B RVs, um, but usually the van life... Um, is a cust some sort of custom conversion of a full-size van, um, and it's just very similar to a Class B. Um, but the van lifestyle is usually someone who has um, custom-built something inside the van themselves, which turns in turn is a cheaper way to get a very nimble, small RV, just like you would with a Class B. The Class B is just already all done for you. So if you're handy... Maybe you try your hand at creating your own van for van life. Or if you're not so handy, maybe you just let the manufacturers make it for you and get a Class B. Um, but like I said, the price difference is immense between those two, even though they're pretty much the same thing. All right, so we talked about Class A, the big ones. Class B is the smallest in vans. And then there's Class C, which is um, that classic RV rental, you know, Cruise of America. It's the one where you see the the bed over the cab, so, or like those U-Hauls. Um, so that's the Class C. This one can also, these can be quite large and can also be quite small. So Class Cs actually probably have the largest range in size, um, anywhere from... I don't know. I mean, I think you can get like 15, 
15, 20 foot class C's, but of course they go all the way up to about 40 feet, I think. Maybe not that long, I don't know, don't quote me, but um, there is a very large range in size for class C's. Um, generally they are smaller than the big class A's, but not always. And then the last one is um, another trend, which is schoolies. Now schoolies are just um, school buses or any kind of bus really that have just like the vans for van lifers have been converted, um, from buses into, you know, basically RVs. So they're usually custom builds and you can, um, customize everything yourself and usually get a pretty good deal for a, a large RV. Now, a lot of people or a lot of families that live, um, full-time traveling, will have schoolies because they can kind of customize it to fit their families and how many children they have and, you know, their dogs and whatever. So, yeah, so that's basically the motorized RVs. We have Class A, which are the big ones, your classic Cousin Eddie RV, Class Bs, which are your small, nimble RVs, um very similar to the vans, which are, you know, the customizable van lifers, what they travel in, the class C, that iconic rental RV, and then your schoolies, which are the customized buses. Now, the next type of RVs are the towables. So under towables, we'll start with smallest to largest. So first, are the uh, truck campers, which actually is not a trailer technically, um, but it does go on the back of pickup trucks. So it's those really small ones that fit right on top of the bed of a pickup truck. Um, and then it usually goes over the cab of the truck a little bit as well, just like that class C motorhome. Um, they're usually very small and compact, great for boondocking and like the class B I said it's very nimble because you're just driving your truck you have more weight on it but it's still the same generally the same length as your normal truck so you're going to be able to park in regular parking spots you're going to be able to zip in and out of gas stations and as long as your truck is well equipped for like off-roading and things like that you can go boondocking and to you know dispersed camping meaning, you know, campsites that are kind of in the middle of nowhere in, uh, you know, national forests and BLM land and that kind of thing. The next towable are uh, pop-ups or sometimes known as tent campers, I guess. Um, these do tow behind a vehicle as a trailer and they fold up really flat. So you'll often see them being... Um, pulled and it's just like a very flat box um, because the main part of the RV is all canvas like a tent which is why it's sometimes known as a tent camper. Um, they're very compact and then they literally just pop open also why they're known as pop-ups um, and like I said they have soft sides and they create a bigger tent-like experience. However um, they come in as opposed to a tent they come with beds usually at least two beds so the two sides kind of flap open and you have two beds you know on either side um, there's usually a 
dinette, a kitchen, depending on how big your pop-up is. You could have a fridge and a stove and a sink and all that, or some have less. Some uh, pop-ups even have um, little bathrooms, which um, my family owned a pop-up a couple years ago. Ours did not have a bathroom. Um, but even, even if it did, I don't know that I'd use it because it's usually just like a potty with a curtain around it kind of. So, um, but yeah, pop-up, pop-ups are, uh, very compact because they fold down flat. They're easy to store, easy to pull. They're not that heavy. So, um, some crossovers can even pull these. Um, so yeah, there's the pop-up. Then getting even a little larger, we have the travel trailer, which is probably one of the most common types of RVs because of their price, really. So I didn't really talk about price except for, you know, some of the Class A motorhomes and stuff. So I think it's it's um, easy to see why motorized RVs are much more expensive than the towable RVs. Uh, because in a motorized RV, obviously, you are dealing with an engine and all of its components, as opposed to a trailer where you're just literally towing it behind the vehicle you already have, um, or the vehicle you bought for it. So um, travel trailers are very popular um, because they're cheap, and I mean, they really provide a lot of space, uh, and there are a huge variety of sizes. There are also... Um, a few different types of travel trailers. So within the travel trailer category, we have a hybrid travel trailer, which I'll discuss, you know, what all these are in a second, a hybrid travel trailer, a teardrop, and you can even get toy hauler travel trailers. So travel trailers in general, as I said, are a tow behind RV. So they hook up to the bumper um, of your car or truck or whatever you're towing with, just like a trailer. And like I said, range in lengths from tiny to once again, like 40 feet. Um, the prices can range from very inexpensive to very expensive. And even the duties of it can change. Like I said, there is a toy hauler, uh, travel trailer, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, these travel trailers generally have a completely hard shell. So unlike the pop-up, um, it's going to be completely contained in a hard, in a hard siding. So it's, there generally aren't, aren't any, um, canvas tent type materials, except in the hybrid, which we're about, we're going to talk about in a second. Um, and then travel trailers are all, also usually all what they call self-contained. And what that means is there's, you know, a full bathroom in it. So you, there's your kitchen, there's a bathroom, there's beds, you're completely self-contained. You don't need to, you know, rely on a campground bathroom or anything like that, where like a pop-up and a truck camper, you might have to, um, so the hybrid travel trailer is the only exception to what I said, the hard side. So a hybrid travel trailer is a mix between a pop-up and a travel trailer. So it, it is a travel trailer, but it also has ends that pop out with a canvas tent section. And once again, just like in the pop-up, those are usually the beds. So the beds of the RV pop out into like a, a tent section. 
Um, so that means the whole RV is not completely a hard shell. We also have the teardrop, which is getting more popular. Um, these are names, and not, now a teardrop is a, a specific shape, hence the name. It's the shape of a teardrop. Um, but there are other little travel trailers that are becoming more popular that aren't necessarily the teardrop shape, but they are the same size. Now these are the smallest types of travel trailers that can, um, they can be towed by most crossovers. I've seen like Outbacks towing them, Subaru Outbacks. Um, so even just like a, 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 a wag, station wagon or something like that could tow a teardrop. These are tiny um, and they literally are a bed inside. Now some fancy ones um, have like a little trunk space, you could call it, in the back and it pops open and there's a little outdoor kitchen. Um, but the inside is just a bed. Uh, I don't think there are any teardrop, um, trailers that you can stand inside. So like I said, it's literally just like climb into your bed and then you're, you know, you're in for the night. Um, so these are great for boondocking because of like, you can pull it with a Jeep or something and, um, yeah, they just don't require a lot. So, um, just remember, these are also not completely self-contained. Obviously, there's no bathroom or anything like that in them. So, And then the last travel trailer is the toy hauler. Now, there are other RVs that are also known as toy haulers, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but a toy hauler is exactly what it sounds like. It is a vehicle to haul your toys, quote unquote toys. So that could be ATVs. It could be motorcycles. It could be, um, kayaks. It could be, um, I don't even know, you know, just those kinds of toys that people like to take out into the wild. And so they use their RV. Part of their RV is quote unquote, a garage where you can keep these things. So some travel trailers are, this is a newer thing. Um, are also toy haulers. So just like any other travel trailer, um, besides the hybrid, it's totally uh, a hard shell all around. Um, it is completely self-contained. You know, they usually have full bathrooms and everything. Um, they are, because of the capability of hauling your toys, they are usually much larger travel trailers. Um, and then in the back, they have a huge drop down door. It's like a garage door, um, except it drops down and it acts as a ramp for you to be able to, you know, bring your, um, like I said, ATVs or, um, motorcycles or whatever in and out easily. Um, this space in toy haulers usually can convert um, sometimes they have like couches that fold down or bunks that come down from the ceiling or something like that. So generally, if you're not using it to haul your toys, that space is usually convertible to another living space or another bedroom or something like that. Um, so like I said, just more recently, um, travel trailers have started incorporating these toy haulers. Um, I think previously because you know, travel trailers generally wouldn't haul as much 
as um, fifth wheels, which is what we're going to talk about next. And so fifth wheels were always the ones which had the the garage in the back to to haul your toys. But now travel trailers are getting bigger and being able to you know haul much more. So we do have the toy hauler travel trailer now as well. Now the last towable we're going to talk about. So really the towables, like I said, are the truck camper, the pop-up camper, um, the travel trailer, and now the fifth wheel. Sometimes they're known as fivers or goosenecks. So this is also a tow behind trailer, but this one hooks up to the bed of inside the bed of your pickup truck. Um, so you do a, a fifth wheel needs to be a pickup truck or needs to be towed by a pickup truck. Um, it can't be towed by an SUV or anything like that. And usually fifth wheels are much larger in size. Although, like I said, travel trailers have been getting bigger and bigger as well. Um, so these are much larger in size, which I mean, it truck pickup trucks are the ones that are meant for towing anyway. So, um, when you have a larger RV, a pickup truck really is the right tow vehicle. Um, so these fifth wheels hook into, you have a special hitch in the bed of your truck. And so the RV kind of comes over the bed of your truck. And um, it generally provides for, from what I understand, a better towing experience than a travel trailer. Um, so, you know, travel trailers are just hooked to your bumper in the back. And when you tow them, you know, it it can be, if you've ever towed any kind of trailer, you know, it can kind of just be unwieldy and, and, um, you know, wind can catch it and everything. So with a fifth wheel, from what I understand, it just tows much better because it's, you know, literally attached to like a part of your truck. So, um, now these are, like I said, generally larger, uh, fifth wheels and a lot of people who live full-time on the road have fifth wheels because they're um they feel most like a house they have high, higher ceilings um they have like i said they're pretty big so they usually have the most room um there's stairs in fifth wheels because the part that goes over the bed of your truck is usually a bedroom so there are a few stairs up to it up to the the top there um so it feels more like a home so a lot of people who live full-time will live in a fifth wheel or a class A. Like I said, a lot of retirees like the class A as well. Um, so those are our towable and motorized RVs. I know I said it was going to be kind of like a brief overview, but, um, I mean, really I wanted to make sure I, I went over all of them because I've talked to people who own RVs and I, you know, just talking about the different types, they, even though they own an RV, they don't, know the different all the different types um or they don't even know what their rv is called they just know they have an rv and they take it places so um so i just wanted to go through all those because it is confusing and there are a lot of things in the show notes i'm going to include a, a handy little infographic that will kind of show you the shapes of all of them and all the different types that i just talked about so that'll that'll be helpful too now i want to talk about um renting versus buying an RV. So um, we'll talk about renting first. Now a lot of people have seen while driving in the summers especially that you know company Cruise America 
Um, so of course that's probably one of the most well-known places to rent RVs. They're almost always the class C RVs, like I had mentioned, um, which are drivable RVs. Um, sometimes local RV dealerships will also rent RVs. So you, you should check those out too. But as, um, you know, it is 2021 now. There are so many other options now. So there are two other um, ways to rent RVs that I am aware of. I'm sure there are other ways, but um, there is uh, something called Outdoorsy, which is like an Airbnb for RVs, basically. So people can put their RVs up for rental you know they know they only use it three months a year and all the other months they'll put it up on outdoorsy to rent it out that you can use it now I will say um well before I get into this there's also some uh something called RV share which is the same idea so people can put their RVs up for you to rent and use now with these two companies um I will say that generally well number one I know it is harder to find if you plan on traveling with your pets it is harder to find um, people who are willing to allow pets in their rvs and then number two um, generally there's like a mileage cap um, for these so you're probably not going to be traveling cross-country in an rv you get from outdoorsy or rv share that's not what it's meant to be if you want to travel cross-country then Cruise America is probably your best bet. Um, but yeah, so your mileage, they don't want you going very far. And, you know, I can't blame them. If I'm renting my RV to someone, um, I don't want them taking it across the country. You know, it's just more probability of things happening. So, um, but yeah, if you just want to take it out for the weekend and go to a local campground or drive an hour or two away, um, I'm sure you can find something great on, like I said, Outdoorsy or RV Share. So renting an RV is definitely an option, especially if you are considering buying an RV, perhaps renting the RV that you are thinking about buying or renting, you know, a couple different types to see what you might be interested in buying is a good idea. Now, my family and I just sold, we lived in a travel trailer, a 32 foot travel trailer that we renovated. Um, but we just recently sold it because we kind of figured out that it wasn't the right fit for us. Um, and travel trailers and fifth wheels and all the towables do require um, a fair amount of setup when you get to a campground. So you have to disconnect them, you have to level them, you have to put the stabilizing jacks down, you have to hook up the water and the sewer, and now granted you have to do the, some of those things with the motorized RVs, but a lot of motorized RVs are much easier to level. In fact, some of them have like automatic leveling jacks, and you know, some of the fifth wheels do too, but um, generally motor motorized RVs are way quicker set up. So we just realized that um, we think we wanted a, a motorized RV because we thought it would be better for our pets if they were traveling with us and the flexibility of being able to come and go um, just a little quicker 
appeal to us. So, I mean, we lived in a travel trailer for six months and we realized what we liked and what we disliked about it. And so, um, we're actually currently RV-less, which kind of hurts my heart, but, um, (laughs) we're waiting for the right time and the right RV to come along. So now if you're thinking about buying an RV as we are, um, like I said, maybe try to rent something, but when you get to the point where you think you know you want to buy, um, I would say probably the the first place I would go is RV Trader, which is you know basically the online marketplace for RVs. Um, of course, you can look at like Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. People who are you know privately selling their RVs, you'll be able to find it find on there. But even some people who are privately selling will pay to put their RV on RV Trader. So RV Trader gives you an overview of the whole, you know what's out there in the whole country. Um, of course, you can go to a local dealership if you have them. Just make sure you look into like reviews and their reliability. If you know anyone who went there, how you know how they feel about them, um, because a lot of RV dealerships can have a bad rap for um, basically not being honest or um, not having good service or things like that. So um, definitely look into your local dealerships. But like I said, check check into it before before you take a, a visit or visit before you decide to, to buy and judge for yourself whether you think it might be a good place to, to purchase. It's just like any like used car dealership or anything like that. You just want to check it out and be sure that it's the right place. Um, and then there is another website called renovatedrvs.com and this is a newer website where um, now like, you know, years ago flipping houses was a thing to do people flip rvs now and or even if they're not flipping them they do like we did they buy an rv and they personalize it and make it feel more like a home um and they renovate their rvs and then you know they're done with them um they want to sell them so renovatedrvs.com is a great place to find and they don't have they do not have a huge stock um of inventory on it Uh, Like I said, it is pretty new, but you can look for RVs that have already been renovated and fixed up. Um, So it won't be like a stock RV. You're not going to find a stock RV on here, which a lot of people are looking for RVs that are not stock. Yeah, so there are some places to to look at buying, and um, I'm going to put some links in the show notes of what you should look for and, and how to... Uh, figure out how to buy an RV if you're new to all of this. Okay, so next we're going to talk about all the different types of places you can camp with an RV. So we kind of went over some of these already in tent camping. Um, And of course, um, pretty much generally anywhere you can tent camp, you can usually RV camp as well. So we'll start with the camping resort, which is going to be most like a hotel experience, hotel resort. It'll have all the amenities. If anyone has ever heard of or looked at um, Fort Wilderness, which is the campground at Disney World, um, that's a great example of a camping resort. And these are popping up more and more across the country. They're starting to become more of a thing. So, um, like I said, it's, it's a campground. They're generally 
privately owned or owned by larger companies. Um, and they're going to have, you know, multiple pools. They're going to have all the activities. They're going to have probably water slides. They're going to have restaurants. They're going to have some even have spas and hot tubs and tennis courts. And, you know, the list goes on and on. So these camping resorts are, like I said, most like if you want to go on a vacation to a resort that is like all inclusive, that's what these camping resorts are like. Some of them, some of them are themed. Um, I know there's like uh, pirate themed camping resorts and stuff. So things that are fun for, for the kids and stuff like that. Now these obviously are going to be the most expensive places to stay with an RV. But if you, um, compare it to staying at like a hotel resort, it's going to be much more affordable. But if you compare it to staying at like a state park with your RV, obviously it's going to be much more expensive. So it's just the way you look at it and what your camping style is and what you desire in your vacation with your RV, basically. Now there are also private campgrounds. And like I said, some of these camping resorts can be private, but usually private campgrounds are smaller. Um, they're those like mom and pop, um, or sometimes once again, company owned, um, but generally smaller, um, probably will not have all of those amenities, but a lot of them do still have amenities, pools, uh, game rooms, um, boating, fishing. So private campgrounds are very similar to camping resorts, just a step down. They're not going to be these all-inclusive, um, huge resorts. Then of course you can also bring your RV to a public campground, which as we mentioned in our tent camping episode, that could be a state or federally owned. Um, usually they have little to no amenities, um, because you're usually more in nature in these public campgrounds. And then of course you can go boondocking. I talked about some of the RVs that are better for boondocking. As I said, it's also referred to as dry camping or dispersed camping. Um, no hookups, no electricity, no water. Um, a lot of people are into these days having solar with their RVs and that allows them to boondock a little easier because um, then they can have lights and things like that. Um, national forests, BLM land, those are p great places to look for boondocking sites. Um, there's also a site called Boondockers Welcome and once again it's kind of a you know, overall Airbnb for RV stays, um, where people put up land or even sometimes just like their driveway. If someone, you know, just needs somewhere to park for the night and stay in their RV, um, people can put up, offer their, their land or like I said, driveway or whatever, um, on this, on this website and you can go park your RV there for the night. So let's say you're like traveling down to Florida, but you need just a quick stopover to sleep for the night. Um, take out boondockers welcome and see if you can find something on the way. Um, so that's generally free, but like I said, um, no electricity, no water. Now some, some people might be able to like run a hose to your RV or give you electricity, but I wouldn't, um, you know, count on it. That's not, that's not the, um, intent of boondockers welcome. Um, there's also a 
membership called Harvest Hosts, which is um, pretty awesome. It's a couple years old now, and places can basically sign up to be on Harvest Hosts. Generally, they are farms or wineries or breweries or, um, you know, like gardens or things like that where they can sign up to be on Harvest Hosts. And um, basically, it's the same same idea. You can come park on their property for the night. Um, you probably don't have any hookups, hence the boondocking part, once again. Um, but you can come spend the night on some, like beautiful farmlands or beautiful places throughout the country um for for free you're not not going to pay the only thing you're paying is your harvest host membership for the year um and now generally you know as a nicety you're gonna um you know if it's a winery you're gonna go in and buy a bottle of wine or or if it's a farm maybe you help them do something for the night um so it's not expected but that's um you know kind of part of the experience of of using harvest hosts. Um, so there are so many options for boondocking in your RV. Now, some useful websites and apps you can use to find campgrounds and things like that. Besides, I already mentioned boondockers welcome and harvest hosts. Um, those are two boondocking places that you can find some spots. There's also the dirt D Y R T and you can find campsites and everything on there. Campendium, so it's camp, C-A-M-P-E-N-D-I-U-M. Campendium is a pretty good and thorough list of campsites. Um, there's something called Hip Camp. Uh, camp Spot is another new app that I think I mentioned, but I have not had a chance to use yet. Um, so those are just some websites that websites and apps that can help you get started on finding a campground for your RV. Lastly, we'll discuss how is RV camping different from tent camping. Now, obviously, there are a lot of similarities. Um, like I said, there's a lot of places where you can camp in a tent and or you can bring your RV and camp there. Um, but there are, you know, some places that only one or the other can go. So there are similarities. Some people say camping in an RV is not camping. I used to be one of those people. I I never knew anything about the world of RVs. Camping to me was in a tent. Um, when I was a teacher, I used to ask you know the students what they did over the weekend, and a lot of times they'd say, "Oh, we went camping," and I'd always say camping like in a tent or in an RV and I'd say 95% of the time they said in an RV. Um, I have since changed my mind obviously I'm I would argue whether it's camping or not but you know I to each his own you know if if having an RV is the only way you'll get out into nature then so be it. So um so there are, you know, differences and some people are purists as far as like what camping is. Um, but generally some of the things that are different about RV camping from tent camping, um, and one of the biggest benefits in my opinion is that you have your home away from home with you. So you can generally, most people, you know, take the summer season to use their RVs depending on where you live. Um, I live in a place where a lot of 
campgrounds are not open in the winter because water would freeze and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, in Pennsylvania, RVing is generally a summer, spring, and fall, sometimes fall, early fall activity. So for the most part, your camping season, you can keep your RV packed with most of your camping essentials. Um, you can keep all of the appliances you need. You can keep all your plates and cups. A lot of people just have acquired throughout having owning their RV seconds of everything. So when you go tent camping, you have to pack everything you need. You need to pack plates. You need to pack bowls. You need to pack napkins. You need to pack utensils. You need to pack all your toiletries. You need all that stuff you need to pack when you're tent camping. When you have your RV, you can have seconds of those things and just keep them in your RV for the season. Now, I don't suggest keeping all that stuff over winter. When you winterize your RV, you want to pull all that stuff out and maybe just stash it all in a, a big Rubbermaid container or something. Um, and I wouldn't suggest leaving food in your camper from trip to trip, but you have your home away from home. You could keep your sheets in there. Your bed is always made. You have all of your kitchen essentials. You have all your bathroom. You have toothbrushes that just stay in the RV. You have shampoo that just stays in the RV. And it's much easier to kind of get up and go on a camping trip if you have, you know, your RV set, set for the camping season. So not only that, but having your home away from home with you. If you're going on vacation, you're going out to explore, um, you know, you're going on a long trip, a week long trip or whatever. Normally, if you didn't have an RV, you're spending time and money on hotels and eating out all the time. When you have your RV, you can cook your own meals in your own kitchen. Of course, you can still go out every once in a while, but you know, it's not, you don't get to the point where you're just so tired of eating out um, because you can cook for yourself still. You still have a kitchen. You still have your own bed. Now, I'm gonna pause there and say, <laughs> in case you don't know, most RV mattresses are horrible. If you want to sleep well at all in any RV, I highly suggest just replacing that RV mattress. You can, there are tons of websites now where you can get specific RV size mattresses. Some of them, you know, they're very specific. They're not necessarily the same size as your, your home bed, but, um, yeah, so just putting that out there. So if you have, you know, you have your own mattress, you're not sleeping on a hotel mattress, you have your own sheets, you have your own pillows, all that kind of stuff, you have it all with you. So that's your home away from home. And that's a very big difference between tent camping and RV camping. Um, next, this one is also pretty big for me. I don't like strange bathrooms. I don't like public bathrooms. I hate showering in showers that are not my own. So having your own RV, most of them, like I said, some of them we talked about do not have bathrooms, but most of them, you are most likely to have your own bathroom, um, which as I mentioned is called a self-contained RV. Yay to privacy and your own shower. <laughs> Um, but of course, uh, you know, some people don't use them. They're fine with, especially if it's a campground where they keep the showers and the bathhouses clean. Um, they prefer to do that anyway, just so they're not putting water into their gray tanks and, and wasting water, um, and things like that. But if you're like me and 
you just get kind of skeeved out by public bathrooms and showers and all that kind of stuff. Um, you have your own bathroom, so you feel much more comfortable. Now, are they super spacious and comfortable? No, you're not going to stand in your RV shower and take a 15 minute relaxing shower. That's not the point of them. Um, although some, some RVs do have quite the nice showers and bathrooms now. Um, but the point is, you know, you can, you can get in, you can clean yourself off, you can cool yourself off or whatever and have a nice hot shower. Um, yes, that's a big one for me, your own bathroom. And that is different from once again, tent camping where you have no bathroom. Um, another thing is that you have access to things you don't in a tent, but that also means there are more things to take care of. So more things to break, more things to maintain, more things that can go wrong. The types of things I'm talking about is like heat and AC. So if you're in a place where you can go to campgrounds when it starts to get colder, you have a furnace in your RV. There's almost always heat. So it's not a big deal that if it gets down into the 40s at night, um, you don't have to bundle up in, in your sleeping bags or layers of clothing as we talked about. Um, you have heat. If you go somewhere in the summer where it's extremely hot, a lot of RVs have air conditioning as well. Um, you have electricity in a tent. You don't have... Well, you could have a site with electricity and that would definitely be uh, a luxury in tent camping, but generally you don't have electricity when you're camping in a tent. You have the electricity in your RV as long as you have a, a hookup to the electricity. You have TVs, you have refrigerator and freezer, you have a microwave, you have a stove, you have an oven, you have a sink, you have running water, you have a bed, <laughs> you have roof over your head basically. Um, in a tent, there's no guarantee that you're going to stay dry in a rainstorm. In an RV, hopefully you will be staying dry in, an, in a rainstorm. Um, now the last, last thing I'm going to mention is kind of, in my opinion, a bit of a con of RV camping. Um, and that is, you can definitely feel less immersed in nature. Um, but you're definitely going to be more comfortable. So like I said, if you're one of those who is against camping, um, and the only way you're going to get, your spouse is going to get you to go camping is promising, you know, the comfort of the RV bed and the TV and the air conditioning and all that kind of stuff, then it could be a perk. But for me, it's kind of a drawback to RV camping. Um, now granted you could, you know, go to sleep with all your windows open and that, will definitely help. Um, if you have a hybrid travel trailer, as I mentioned, the ones where the beds kind of pop out into a tent, that's going to be feel more tent-like. Um, or a pop-up camper, that's going to feel more tent-like. Um, but for me, you know, if you're in, in this enclosed vehicle, it's just, you're, you're less immersed in nature. There are also places where you just cannot bring an RV. And two examples I have where I've, I have tent camps with my husband are the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Can't bring an RV down there. 
and um, on the beach in Assateague. Now, yes, I know there are uh, campgrounds on Assateague and Chincoteague, but my husband and I backpacked along the beach to a walk-in campsite that you cannot get to by vehicle, nor can an RV get there. It's only tent camping. So, um, of course there are amazing places you can go, um, that only a tent can go to. Um, so that is another drawback of RV camping, um, in my opinion. But as I said, it depends on the type of RV you have. There are certainly RVs that you can get that are great for boondocking where you can, you can immerse yourself more in nature, um, and kind of get that feeling more of tent camping if, if you'd like. All right. So that wraps up part one of RV camping. In two weeks, I want to talk about, uh, things you need to know before you leave for an RV camping trip. Um, and then we're, I'm going to discuss how to keep everyone happy, including kids, pets, and adults. And then just some tips and tricks that I've picked up along the way um, of things for RV camping um, that'll just make it easier and more enjoyable for everyone. I'm going to include a ton of, of um, show notes. I have so many resources and websites and videos that I want to share with you all. Now I'm having trouble with the show notes. I apologize. I keep saying I'm going to put some things in the show notes and, and I think last week nothing got into the show notes and that's because I can only put so much. So I'm trying to figure out a way if anyone knows how I can, how I can do this, where I can include a lot of of information in my show notes. Um, I seem to be limited. So I'm going to try to figure out how to get all this information to you. Um, visit our, we do have a Facebook and now an Instagram. So if you have any questions, you can, you can contact the outdoor family podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or the outdoor family podcast at gmail.com. Um, and I'd love to chat with you. And if you have questions or like I said, if you or you know, anyone who is interested in maybe becoming co-host with me, I would love to hear from you. Um, I am looking to start doing some interviews as well. So hopefully, um, you know, after our RV part two, I have an interview lined up and, um, start talking to people who are, you know, like-minded and, and love being outdoors and who are doing awesome things outdoors with their families. So see you all in two weeks for part two of RV camping. Bye.